And welcome back to Mixed Media Live. It is a happy Friday. So good Friday, everyone out there. Uh, hope you had a good work week. Um, we are here to talk about three brand new topics. Mixed Media is a weekly podcast happening every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. It is 4 p.m. I think in Ben's time, uh, if I if I did the math correctly. Um, I hope uh, everyone's ready for a good just a good round of talking about art. That's what we do. We talk about art in all of its capacities, particularly our our personal fields of interest. So, you know, filmmaking, music, uh, gaming, and, uh, you know, all the things that come with that, whether that's business or viewing stuff or, you know, everything in between practically. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll uh, go around uh, introducing ourselves. So my name is Irving Nestor. I'm a filmmaker and media entrepreneur. I own a company called called Ariella. Uh, there's that beautiful logo right there, that Ariella logo. Also got it. Uh, oh, no, wrong sleeve. There it is. No, wrong sleeve. Can I find it? Uh, it's hard to see on the camera. There it is. There's that Ariella logo. I'm very proud of my company, obviously. So uh, you can find my uh, website at ariella.co. I'm Ben Costello. I'm a flute player and a media composer. Uh, I'm Nathan, and I'm a game developer and 3D modeler. Uh, yeah, so uh, the first thing I'd like to say is uh, thank you guys for who've uh, stuck around with us, who have uh, keep uh, listening to our podcast. You guys are all awesome. Oh, we got Miss Costello in the house. What about the Ariella theme song? Yeah, this is not an Ariella show uh, in per se. This is our, sh- our you know... Just our, our different personas coming on the show. Um, <laughs> so I have this sort of generic song at the intro that is uh, copyright free. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, oh, New York. You guys can probably hear that. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Uh, You'll probably hear LA at some point when I'm talking, so. Yeah, <laughs> the cities speak. <laughs> Um, yeah, so how are you guys' weeks? Like, what have you guys been up to? What's going on? I've been listening to a lot of different stuff. Uh, a lot of a lot of good Russian music, of course. And um, been listening to, uh, uh, what's, what's it called? Uh, Frozen. I've been listening to Frozen re- past few days. And um, also Beauty and the Beast, because uh, as I pointed out on our uh, Discord the other day, it was the 30th. 30th uh, anniversary of its premiere. Not a, its public release was in in um, November, but it premiered in uh, I think the New York Film Festival 30 years ago. I think what Wednesday. So yeah, re- revisiting that. Um, yeah, I also got to go to a really nice talk that uh, my school put on called uh, Music and Musician and Ent- Musicians and Entrepreneurship. Um, that was a very fascinating talk. Uh, I think I was the only uh, like instrumentalist who was there. There though, is that everyone else was like it, it doing you know music production or composition. Uh, so interesting. A lot, a lot of interesting stuff there. Cool, cool. How about you, Nathan? Uh, tired, <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much it. Are you in midterm season yet? Or no, you're you're still at the uh, early part of the year. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> Yeah, it's been like a quarter of the school year, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, have fun with that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, same for me. I've been ridiculously busy. Uh, I think I said a few weeks ago, it's like, oh, yeah, I finished the big projects. And then, like, you kind of get slammed with all the little things you didn't do during the big project season. 
So I'm like, I'm still closing out one of those big projects. I've got like a new client I've, ta- I've taken up. This take takes a good bit of time. Um, I'm preparing for a showcase like on uh, next Sunday. So it's like, ah, <laughs> kind of going crazy. So I did promise a whole bunch of uh, podcast upgrades like three weeks ago or something like that. But that is the nature of the game when you are uh, running this podcast, uh, uh, you know, just for fun, you know, just for the fun of it. And uh, to, I don't know, make people happy. And also, you know, just fun for ourselves to, you know, talk about our arts. Um, That being said, one podcast upgrade I've been pitching for a while now, and you will not stop hearing this (laughs) unless you give it to me. (laughs) <laughs> if you go to mixedmedia.locals.com, I still have not yet put the tiers, so that's my my fault. Um, but what I can promise is that whiteboard right there, my iPad's uh, not next to me, so I can't draw on it right now. But that whiteboard right there is a live whiteboard, meaning if you have access to the link that gets you to the live whiteboard, you can draw on it live. So like while we're talking, you can doodle, you can... I don't know, yell at us through your drawings or something like that, as long as you keep it appropriate. But the way you get lifetime, lifetime access to that is you become a bottom tier for like the first, I don't know, however many uh, people. As long as you see that that uh, that the bottom tier has this there, then you'll have lifetime access to this whiteboard. So I might do that for like the first five bottom tier people. Then it'll become like a top tier thing, right? So that $5 a month will uh, directly go to our Rumble's membership rumble membership where we can start live streaming there which i think would be pretty big for the podcast so that is my pitch i guess uh ben can take it away with his topic sure we're going to talk a little bit about music streaming and some of the good and, and negative things about it or maybe maybe i shouldn't say good things about it but more on the uh the, the bad parts about it and and how to address them. So, you know, basically, I'm sure everyone knows about music streaming because that's generally how we listen to music these days, generally. Um, there's been a bit of a resurgence in uh, physical LPs, you know, records uh, recently, but that doesn't really offset the fact that Generally, we're listening to music from some kind of streaming service, and it's been that way since the arrival of of the i uh, the iPod many years ago, basically. And it's it's really changed quite a bit about how musicians make money off of their music. There's a lot less clarity about how you make your money because everything is being uh, kind of mediated by one of these companies. For instance, you can see if you're watching uh, watching live, you can see a picture of Daniel Elk, the uh, CEO of Spotify on there. And that's a good place to start because in some ways Spotify is the most talked about and uh, one of the most popular music streaming platforms. Before you continue on, I, I would like to say that... Uh... Mr. Elk just looks evil. Like, even if he was the nicest person on planet Earth, there's nothing he could do to his image. <laughs> like, look at that picture. Like, they, all of his pictures are like that. Just, he looks like, I don't know, a villain. Yeah. <laughs> so he's come under some fire, not only from artists, you know, thinking that uh, they're not getting paid 
enough money uh, for streams, but also for his co comments that, like, once he made last year, where he said basically uh, artists who are complaining that they're not getting enough money are lazy, and you know you can't just put out something every three or four years and and hope that you're you're gonna you know make money like you used to be able to. You got to keep pumping out music, and that's the way to make more money, which. We can look at that in two ways. Like logically, if you put out a lot more stuff, right? It, of course, you're going to make money, but that's not what the argument is, right? The argument is that you're not—they're not making money off what what is already out there. So that's a kind of a useless. Like it's not even talking about the same thing. It's basically. also extremely self-serving. Also, right? <laughs> Unless you're talking about like legacy bands, like I don't know like the Eagles or something to come out with like a new, you know, album every few years. Other than that, I mean, they don't have to worry about that anyway, because they're making all their money off of royalties from stuff they did in the sixties and seventies. Okay. But nobody else just releases, you know, a track and then waits three years to make another track. And it's like, why am I not making money? But it's not what artists do. No, no, no musician is doing that. Okay. And, and then complaining that they're not making enough money. So Spotify, um, they're also less transparent than a lot of these other streaming services, which not, none of them are terribly transparent about how uh, they, they divide their money up. So the basic model that all of these companies are adopting is that there's some percentage, and they don't necessarily disclose what the percentage is, but some percentage of revenue goes to artists, you know, as, as a pool, and the rest goes to the company itself. Not entirely, again, not entirely clear what the percentage is. It's uh, estimated to be about seventy percent going to artists, content creators. Of course, that has to get filtered through. Um, the record labels, so even less reaches the actual musicians. But and then so about thirty percent goes to the company for for Spotify. So that, that's the estimate, and of course it varies by by different companies. And of course that revenue is generally being generated from ad revenue or from subscriptions to get you know to, to not have to listen to ads. So the other argument that they put out is that if, if you want to get more, you know, get more money, uh, then you just have to encourage your followers to pay for our subscriptions. Now, whether that's in a, something that you know an artist can actually affect, right? That's questionable. Also, almost all of these, with one basically one, with one exception, uh, one uh, amongst the the big streaming services. They're not paying. They're they're not paying artists by raw stream. It's not like each stream gets you know this much money. Although you can eventually calculate it out that way. But what they're doing is they're saying out of a total number of streams across every artist, you know, in whatever the period is, and within the quarter, I guess, right? We have, you know, let's say we have a 10,000 streams, just as, as an example. And out of those, 
Taylor Swift is 25% of them. She gets 25% of, of revenue. Wow. So, or, or, you know, well, she, her, her, you know, label and then. Oh, okay. I understood. Her, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I misunderstood. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> I, uh, I watched the video showing how you can take advantage of that by just making, like, buying, like, uh, old used phones for cheap and then just playing your own songs on Spotify because yeah. of your percentage increases. Appa- apparently this is a thing, though. Actually, I've, uh, there are some uh, underground artists that try to, like, try because it's not just for uh, getting uh, money. It's also for uh, um, uh, sort of cheating the algorithm in terms of recommended songs and stuff like that, uh, which I think is hilariously broken. <laughs> oh, right. Well, Spotify is known to uh, for their suggested suggested uh, tracks to act like not actually like to basically invent things, you know, or like get like some hire some random person, you know, some random like unknown pianist like record five minutes of, of Beethoven and they'll like say you know this is our recommended Beethoven right. for you right and it's not much you're looking for. And the person doesn't even know what they're being asked to do. So they're taking a terrible deal and which is drawing, you know, views away from like Vladimir Ashkenazi or some other great pianist um, who, who actually has recorded this work in a serious manner. So yeah, there, there's that too. Spotify has lots of uh, questionable practices. I think that for me, the most, uh, unfortunate fact about spotify and you know you can look up uh daniel elk if you want and you can find you know a little bit about his past but the the main thing i would focus on uh, is that he has had a uh, great sense of how to take advantage of markets even as, as a kid uh, so apparently when he was like in middle school he figured out that he, he could um convince other kids to work in his company by just bribing them with video games and he would you know charge five thousand dollars to like make websites for people but have like his classmates do it um <laughs> yeah for so he for, he briefly was uh ran as a ceo was ceo of uh mu torrent oh wait significant... what is that it, it's, it's one of uh, the for downloading things like yeah Using a tor- like torrenting, right? Right. <laughs> right. Which yeah. Is generally used for pirating things, right? Exactly. So he's he's was heavily involved for a while with one of the biggest uh, pieces of software for illegally sharing music, and then he decides to found Spotify to you know quote uh, remedy the problem that these poor artists aren't getting paid anything because of piracy. Like okay, so you, you help contribute to piracy becoming you know a big thing and now you're gonna remedy it yourself you have to you have to understand you have to believe him this time instead of last time of course yeah so so spotify in my opinion does not necessarily hold the moral high ground not that not that any of these big companies necessarily do yeah so that's spotify and basically all the big companies operate in this manner uh, except for deezer which has this model of uh, if you are a subscriber to their service, premium service, 
100% of your money goes to the artists you listen to divided up by percentage of what you listen to. Uh, so which, in theory, is a is a great uh, great thing because, you know, I may if I go on to Spotify and I listen to only Bob Dylan. I, mean, I shouldn't use that. Uh, I don't know why this first artist keeps popping into my head. He's too big. Um, I listen to some some you know some artists that I like, right? And I don't listen to Taylor Swift at all. I'm just making up 25%. But let's say she has 25% of all views or streams, listens, whatever. None of my money would go to Taylor Swift. It would all go to people that I listen to. So one, you you feel better about that than you know than you would in Spotify if you're paying for Spotify Premium, where if you don't listen to Taylor Swift, you know whatever percent she gets generally also comes from what you're paying. And in theory, that should also make a lot of smaller artists get more money. the The issue though with is that uh, Deezer and the other uh, other streaming platforms that issue the highest amount per stream like Pandora, have such small user bases and generally small catalogs that you end up making less money anyway on average than you do on one of these big uh, platforms which just have so many more millions of users. I think I think Deezer uh, has 1% of Spotify's user base. So even if you literally, you know, would make more with the same user base, you you don't have that user base. So that's generally the problem with the you know this the sites uh, that offer the highest amount of revenue. They have such small user bases and limited catalogs that they just don't, the artists don't get to make any money off of them, and they're not very enticing because of that. Um, what about um, what about title? Um, yeah. So, so title is, is another one that has the highest amount uh, paid to artists per stream, but again, kind of limited user base, and it's also got a lot of controversies surrounding it and what they what they allow on there. Um, so, and it's kind of genre specific too. So, you know, you can't go on to and listen to if you're a film music fan, you can't listen to John Williams. So, uh, you know, in theory, again, a, a good emerging alternative, but it needs some some things uh, worked out about it. What's it restricted to? I had never heard of it before. It's Jay Z's, uh, yeah, um, platform. So I, I think it's to to like hip hop, rap, and R and B. I think you would expand that if it becomes successful, because I don't see why it wouldn't. You know, it's been around for a long time now, right? Like. For a few years, yeah. Yeah. I don't know anything about it, though, <laughs> really. What was I don't the know too much about it either. Title. Okay. Yeah, I, I, and there have been some recent controversies surrounding it. So that's something that, you know, maybe one day could be if, if the management gets its act together and, and allows more things on it, uh, could be, could be, could disrupt all of this. Um. There's some other things too, that other things that are known about streaming, as well. So um, just just so you have a general like ba- baseline, 
again, these things are really hard to calculate too because Spotify does other things where they don't just do by revenue by stream. They also take into account your location. So you get different amounts per stream from different countries. And also they have a, an algorithm that determines something about le no, no, no one knows what it is, but based on length. So like a listen, it's not, no one even knows whether it's like, if you listen to something longer, you get more per stream or you get less. It's not clear. My, my instinct says that you probably get less for something longer because they can't interrupt it with, with, uh, with their ads. But it's not clear. We just know that there is a length component uh, at least in the United States calculation. But as as just a baseline estimate, there's a, a really great post by a uh, a kind of up and coming composer, who's currently John Powell's assistant, uh, who is starting his own career in, in big films right now. And so he posted this on Facebook, uh, not not publicly, but um, in a group tonight, man. And he calculated that across all platforms, and just for United States lessons only, uh, if you have 275,000 streams evenly distributed across the, the uh, Apple, Spotify, YouTube, and Amazon Music, you make $90. <laughs> so almost 300,000 streams to get $90. That's nuts. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's as as the you know artist who owns the uh, the, the royalties. Not in, they don't own publishing though, so the the publishers make ten times that amount. That's still that's, very level. That's one and a half copies of a AAA game. <laughs> <laughs> right. So if you think about that, like for three hundred thousand you know listens, streams, whatever you want to call it. If you combine ninety dollars or nine hundred dollars, we'll round that to a thousand, right? Instead of nine hundred ninety, a thousand dollars distributed to the artist side. Now, I don't think it takes. Uh, I mean, it, I don't. I don't know exactly how you calculate it, but if you just think about like a CD sale and say the CD, an average CD costs like twenty dollars. So it's it's probably around fifteen to twenty dollars. For most the CDs, what that is uh, like fifty sales for to make one thousand dollars <laughs> versus three hundred thousand streams. At this point, okay. I wonder why people would even put their music on Spotify, not to put it on YouTube for free. You know, like what's even the point of that? Like you might as well just open it up to everybody so that, and then you know, try to get your revenue from other sources like like uh, clothing or something like that. You know. Because that's how people listen to it. I mean, you want to make some. It's better to make something off of it to make nothing, right? It's, I, mean, I mean, but ninety for, for like three was it like three hundred thousand? Yeah, we're rounding slightly, but we're gonna say three hundred thousand. And obviously, the calculation is a little bit off of the CDs because you have to factor in like manufacturing costs. But so instead of maybe fifty sales, we'll just say, we'll say one hundred sales. But still, that's way less than. 300,000 listens. Okay. I mean, even well, if you assume that I, you know, 100 CD sales and each person listens to it three, 300 times, like, <laughs> okay, so then maybe we're getting close to it, to, like, an equivalence. But 
how many times do people like generally in a short period of time listen to the CD 300 times in a row? Probably not that often, right? You know what's crazy? I think at this point, YouTube would actually pay you more, which is disturbing. Well, YouTube, so YouTube is actually, so, so it's a little bit confusing with YouTube because any song that is recognized as belonging to you, you make, I want to make sure I have the right number of zeros, but I believe it's 0. 0.0008 cents if it's, it's associated with you on YouTube. That's insane. Okay. And if it's through your official artist account, you make exactly double that. Wait, How wait, many wait, zeros wait. were we talking about? What did you say? You said zero point what? <laughs> zero, 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 eight cents per, per stream, listen, view. So for $8, you need 1,000 views? Is that what that is? 10,000? Uh, no. 10,000, right? I think. 10,000, I think. 10,000, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 10,000. What a joke. <laughs> okay. So, okay, if we're comparing to the 300,000, then you multiply that by 30. Eight times 30 is like 240. So you technically do make more, but it's not good still. <laughs> no, yeah, well, no. Like... So, so the actual number, that's about a tenth. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. But that's, that's far lower per stream than everything else. I don't know. Maybe we're forgetting some math somewhere along the line in our heads some trans missing some zeros doing yeah. it but um yeah youtube is actually by far the worst for, for an artist with one ca caveat so really the best thing to do kind of echoing what irving said a couple of weeks ago about you know investing in physical media right physical copies of of uh film I think generally is to purchase a physical copy of the music that you want to listen to. That way you don't have any issues of legality too. You don't have to worry about like, you know, is this someone, you know, posting this illegally on YouTube or something? Um, and is it officially recognized as anything going to the artist? There's also the, the benefit too of, um, you know, a lot, a lot, generally a lot more content is available like for instance if you buy the official soundtrack to disney's aladdin okay you can listen to all of it but if you go to spotify or youtube music or any other of these major sites and you go to aladdin you can listen to all of it except friend like me sung by uh what's why am i not thinking of his name right now um Robin Williams. Rob, Robin Williams, right? That is that is blocked by all of these companies because for some reason, I don't, I don't, I don't know why. I don't know whether that's coming from Disney or whether that's, I don't understand why that is. But you can't listen to it. You're offered uh, at least on Spotify. Uh, when you try to listen to it, you're offered to listen to it in like every other language under the sun. But why do I want to listen to it in any other language? Like. I don't really care to hear the French version with someone else singing it, right? But it's not the same thing. So some content is restricted that way. Um, you also get content that is, occasionally you'll find things that are slightly changed, such as if you're just going to listen, I'm using Disney as an, as an example because Disney happens to be uh, pretty egregious and uh, obvious perpetrator of this kind of stuff. 
if you listen to the official soundtrack of Little Mermaid, okay, if, if I own it on a CD, I can listen to part of your world in its entirety. But if I try to listen to it on one of these streaming platforms, they get, instead of uh, the, the rest of the album that you listen to, which is the same, you get a version that uh, cuts out the beginning. And on even in YouTube music, uh, that they, they pull up a video from Disney uh, with like you know part of like this the scene, so you, you miss all the beginning music from for it. Why that is, I don't know. They figured that you're more interested in like seeing it, so you know content not sometimes not being exactly what you're looking for, what it actually is on the physical medium. Um, this also is kind of a balance. Generally, it's much easier to find a whole bunch of things uh, on these big streaming platforms. They have an enormous range, and that's a good thing. Uh, it's often really hard to find copies of certain things. But certain other uh, things that you, you might be interested in, you can't get on any of these streaming platforms. So again, going to Disney, um, there's a fantastic album that I bought. came out a few years ago. It's the uh, Legacy Edition of Little Mermaid has all the music from the film, including, you know, not the, like, big tracks. Every single second of music that was recorded, plus uh, demos where uh, the composer Menken is playing the piano, and Howard Ashman, the lyricist, is singing all the songs, which is very cool. Uh, also, you get, you know, great liner notes for that. You can't listen to that anywhere else. So it's only available as a CD. So, you know, certain content like that. Again, Disney is a pretty big perpetrator of that. But it happens a lot with film music. There's a lot of film music that, for some reason, these companies, and I don't know why, these uh, studios do not want it released. So I just bought uh, the other day a very, pretty, very cheap uh, CD of uh, James Horner's Willow, which is a kind of famous score. And you can get a CD for like, you know, five bucks online, but you can't listen to it anywhere else. So some content, yes, would be very hard to find in a physical format, but certain content that you might be interested in, you can't get on any of these big streaming platforms and even less likely to be able, you're even less likely to be able to find them on the smaller ones that may pay you a little bit more. So uh, with all that in mind, generally, though, you're going to continue listening to music through a streaming service just because of its convenience and the uh, range of what you can find on there. So my recommendation for streaming service is actually YouTube Music, which is separate from YouTube. Uh, YouTube Music is, is the highest rate uh, money sent to artists per stream. It's a tiny bit ahead of Apple Music. So if you're a big Apple Music fan, you can stick with Apple Music. Um, but yeah, YouTube Music is twice as, but on average, about twice as much as a US stream on Spotify. You know, given all those parameters, it varies exactly how much you can calculate a Spotify stream being. But it's approximately double Spotify. It's 10 times what you get if you listen to it on YouTube. So you have to listen. Make sure you're listening to it on YouTube Music. 
Uh, if you are on our Discord, every link that I have shared uh, to music is from YouTube Music for that reason. It's what I use. Also, I find it a little bit more convenient to, or not convenient, less frustrating to listen to than Spotify because Spotify tends to go like a certain number of you know tracks or a certain amount of time before they interrupt your free service with ads, uh, which on one hand is good, but then they give you these ads that last like three minutes, you know, like a series of ads. And YouTube music is a little bit less annoying because I found that you tend to get something, uh, a very short ad, like a you know a five to ten second ad, either every track or every other track. And I find that a little bit less annoying than like the three minute ad barrage, maybe a little bit less frequently than you get on Spotify. So personally, I find it a little more convenient to listen to YouTube music anyway. Um, I, I, you know, no real way of knowing how extensive their catalog is compared to Spotify, but I've pretty much been able to find anything I've been able to sp find on Spotify. They have the same issues of like, you know, certain material being left out, like, you know, a lot of James Horner and James Newton Howard scores not being available. Same issues with like uh, Robin Williams singing friend like you or friend like me uh, not being available so you know you're not missing anything as far as I can tell uh, compared to Spotify so my recommendation is to for the sake of artists to not listen to YouTube definitely uh, but to go with YouTube music over anything else or uh, or buy your physical media I think for me or buy the physical media where, where you can um, you know, obviously a lot more upfront cost than just not paying anything to listen to one, you know, something on one of these streaming sites. But sometimes I think it's worth it if you got material that you can't get otherwise, or you just really want to support the artist. Yeah, and also like uh, physical media for music has a lot of different forms as well. I don't know if anyone really uses like, I don't know, what, what's your opinion on like something like iTunes, like buying the rights to listen to the music rather than buying like a CD or something like that. So that's a whole another like calculus about what that does for artists and also the availability of what you're after. Um, I mean, I think in a way that's, it's probably more useful uh, given the fact that CDs are kind of increasingly irrelevant, not, not produced and uh, fewer, there are fewer devices that can play them being, you know, put out today. So, you know, in the long term, that's probably better. Um, I know a lot of people got, were kind of annoyed with John Powell recently when he uh, been releasing some uh, expanded editions of some of his biggest scores, you know, with every second of music and alternate takes of things, and, uh, but he's only been releasing them digitally and as uh, LPs mm. and you know there's a certain uh, pod segment of the music uh, world that was upset that he didn't release them as CDs but you know the days of CDs are rapidly dwindling to a close so you know eventually 
especially if the math works out for purchasing digitally, that's probably the way to go. But I don't know exactly what the calculus is currently on that and, and revenue for artists. I, my intuition is kind of like uh, the problem with CDs, obviously, is portability. And like, unlike, unlike films, you know, you, you don't, your film doesn't need to be portable because you, you generally, well, I guess some people are strange and watch movies on subways. I've seen that before. That's kind of weird. But, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, generally people sit down at home and they watch a movie. So portability is not as much of an issue, whereas music, like people want to be listening to it whenever, wherever they can. So it kind of presents like a unique, a unique issue with that. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely. And like, I don't know. It's interesting. I don't know. We'll see, see how things evolve. I can only imagine that other than it being, a uh, you know, Paulo part of an, uh, you know, whatever, whatever word you want to put on it, like a oligarchy or a monopoly of, of, of companies, you know, who, sort of you know funnel all of these ips into this space you know other than that i think i'm hearing more and more artists talk about ownership and true ownership um i hear it a lot more in music than i do you know maybe because they've been beaten to death (laughs) that's the reason why yeah Um, i think it's also because um increasingly you know with the advent of of certain kinds of technologies that are, you know, um, increasingly learnable and, and acquire, acquire, what's that a word? Acquirable, uh, (laughs) by, by, by almost anyone. Um, it's become much easier to, you know, do all the sorts of things that you used to have to have a, uh, a production, company production label do for you. You, know, you can mix and master your own music right now. And you can, if you really want to, you know, you may not be very effective if you don't know what you're doing and you don't have any guidance, but you can you can advertise it yourself too. So yeah. you know, that does represent kind of a, a paradigm shift that's happening in the musical world of people trying to have more ownership of their their own stuff. Of course that's not gonna happen uh, you know, in the world of, like media music, where you just you don't own your what you write, but you know, for for a lot of commercial music, it is not like that. Um, I think that that's certainly a trend that's going to happen in the future. You know, see even more artists having more full control over over their own uh, an ownership of their own music. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and if you are an indie artist and you need marketing help, I give free consultations on ariella.co. That is my plug. <laughs> um, just go to my website and uh, fill the contact page. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's I think that's interesting. I think I think I'm hopeful minus the sort of anti-competitive nature of a lot of these things. You know, there's a lot more than just. Uh, you know, because obviously there are multiple companies in this space, and I don't think that's enough of a that's not enough of an analysis of the uh, situation. There's a lot of nasty stuff that happens uh, behind the scenes to artists between these companies, and all of it ends up screwing the uh, the consumer at the end of the day because competition doesn't properly happen, and uh, hopefully that gets solved. <laughs> Cross my fingers. 
Oh, and uh, prediction that I gave uh, when I was talking about Donda by Kanye came true. Uh, he did change the album. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, if you, I don't know if he sold the physical version. Already? Of it, but yeah, he already changed it. I, it's been like two seconds. <laughs> yeah, I know. I called it. But, uh, you know, if, if you owned the CD, I don't know if he sold CDs or not, or I'll, I don't know what the heck he did with it, but if he sold CDs, if you have the old CD now, you have something that's like way more valuable than when you bought it. When you bought it, it was probably worth as much as the materials that you, it was printed on, practically speaking, in terms of reselling it and all that kind of stuff. But now you've got a collector's item, and that's pretty cool. So, you know, there's the immutability aspect of physical Should have bought as well. it. <laughs> I should have, yeah, I should have bought it, right? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> cool.